0: This is the Drummers Resource Podcast, session 635. And the quote of the day is I get by with a little help from my friends. You're listening to the Drummers Resource Podcast, home of in depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Rafini here, episode 635, and I appreciate you being here, and apologies for not having an episode last week. We ran into some technical difficulties and were unable to release an episode, so that didn't happen, but we're back this week, and this one's a cool conversation because Daniel and I have been friends for a very long time, and I was in the practice room a couple couple days ago and was feeling frustrated and unmotivated and and sort of wandering aimlessly in in what I was practicing and just just really frustrated about it and he and I were texting back and forth and I was like you know what I should do a podcast about this because I know he and I have had conversations about this before and we always have we always have these great conversations because he is such a wealth of of knowledge and I always sort of turn to him when I have questions uh about just about playing and practicing and form and technique and, and all these other things. And, and he always has some great advice and some great wisdom. So I said, why don't we record a podcast out of this? So this episode is a conversation with Daniel and I, and we talk all all about the motivation side of things, but then also the stuff that gets in the way of of really excelling. and And it's that self-doubt and and the imposter syndrome and all of that sort of stuff. So we talk about those two things and, and Daniel has a lot of great examples. And then I share some of my own experiences as well. So I thought this would be a great episode for everyone going through this, no matter what level, what level of, of sort of frustration or imposter syndrome or or self-doubt that you have that, that's creeping into your brain. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with me and Daniel Glass what's happening everybody i'm here with my good buddy mr daniel glass and some of you may know who he is because he released a slew of episodes uh on the podcast and then mysteriously fell off the face of the earth (laughs) but that's that's a conversation for a different day in a good way in a good way in a good way no he's been he's been very busy uh putting out courses and and records or working on records and and uh so a bunch of stuff so but we're not here to talk about that which we can too but um we're not here to promote things... my career nick i mean what's that we're not here to promote my career come on we'll run all of your commercials yeah, yes. in, in the mid-roll <laughs> for sure it'll be like it'll be, it's seven daniel glass commercials in a row yeah for
1: those of good. you who don't know nick and i have a a, a our relationship goes back a while and we tend to uh, talk a lot of smack. You might say crack each other up. So I like it. That might happen. Yes. Yeah.
0: I usually win, but um, that's a whole, I'm feeling (laughs) punchy. Well, Oh, are you? Oh, this might be an interesting, this might be, this might be an interesting episode then. Um, so you and I have talked about this before, whether it be while I was studying with you, or just conversations that that you and I have had, sort of candidly, you know, uh, text texting back and forth, or or what have you, about the this idea of motivation. And and for me, uh, I, I thought about you the other day, and that's why I texted you and was like, "Hey, I want to I want to record an episode about this because I know that I can't be the only one." struggling with this, thinking about this, and so this is going to be one a therapy session for me and two, um, I think very informative <laughs> for uh, for the audience as well. Um, but over over the last you know five or six years, my focus has been on podcasting, building not only drummer's resource, but building a podcasting company and not so much playing and touring and things like that. Um, still playing, you know, still, still gigging and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't my focus. And now, um, I'm trying and keyword is trying to get back into practicing, you know, whether it be on the pad, going into the, going into the shed and, and really sitting down and, and not just going into play, but really going into practice. And I apologize for the long setup. Um, so I went into the, I went into this, the practice room maybe a week ago and it just, it just didn't feel good. Like when I say it didn't feel good, I mean, I wasn't expecting to go in and feel like I'd been practicing for three hours a day for the last six months. But everything, you know, I felt like I concrete all my hands. Everything felt really wonky. But the flip side of it was I didn't enjoy it. And, and was like, you know, I, after I was in there for a little while, I just like, I played along with a couple tunes and then I ended up leaving and i was like that wasn't very enjoyable uh i don't want to go back now because i feel like uh i'm not going to enjoy it again so i'm trying to i'm trying to work through some of this and i'm sure others have felt the same where maybe they've either they've either stepped away from it for a little while or want or just you know don't have the 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 uh the habit of practicing um and i was like daniel's the best guy to talk to about this so uh I don't know, maybe I'll just open it up to you and, and share some of your thoughts on it. Let me ask you one question about it. Um, were you...
1: Did you not have a good time because you were you were focused on the fact that you're... Physically, you weren't feeling that comfortable? Were you obsessing on that? Or was it just that it was like, I don't feel... I'm just not enjoying playing the drums, you know, like, were you, were you like, yeah, I'm playing, but God, I feel like crap. And then that became the, you know, you sort of were like, God, where's all the time gone. And now I'm never going to get back to where I was, you know, like you start going down that rabbit hole.
0: I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. Um, When I, you know, when I was playing along with tunes, I would just to preface it too. I always, I always operate better when I have something that I'm working on. To whether it be a gig or yes. a show or something like that, right so um so I started going down the rabbit hole of I think it was more sonically where I was just like I felt like I sounded like shit, and I probably did, um, and so i it wasn't like, oh, I feel uncomfortable, like you know when I was playing along with the tunes, I was like, oh i, I like I felt like my groove was was good, but then like I took one earphone out you know and and was playing. Hmm. <laughs>
1: Oh, that music goes away. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like okay, the drums. You know, the drums weren't tuned very well, uh, which was which was my fault. But, um, but yeah, I think it was. I think it was more sonically and and stale, rusty. uh, You know, kind of. It was kind of weird. I was like, I don't even know what to play. Like, I sat down, and you. I think you and I talked about this before about like going to Pasic, right? And you sit down, or or going to Nam, and you sit down behind a kit. I can't just sit down and just like groove like Nate Smith or someone does, you know? Right. I don't know about you, but
1: well, that's all that has a whole nother layer of uh, self-consciousness because at Nam it's so public. Everyone's right. looking at you, you know, and then you're right, like, right. what do I do? I got to do something that blows people away. And then of course, you know, that, that never, that, that never, never helps. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that never works. No. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways to discuss this. It's funny because you like right before we turn on the record button, you were like, how do you motivate the unmotivated? <laughs> I just thought like, I thought that was a great, that's a great question to ask. And it's, it's really hard because, uh, you know, I, I would say what I always tell my students and first and foremost is what you already brought up that you, the best way to, if we're just talking about getting motivated, like to practice, you know, is, is to be practicing for something, toward something. And if, for example, you know, you're a hobbyist drummer who doesn't have a band or doesn't have any shows coming up, how do you, you know, find the motivation to go out and practice or to, or to, you know, practice something meaningful that's going to help you to become a better drummer right mm-hmm. cuz you know we could just go out and bash around and that's fun too and maybe for some people that's 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 fine like i just go out and hit my drums it feels good to hit my drums and and there's no, nothing past that but i think what we're talking about is is drummers that are you know wanting to get better wanting to get into a better project play with better musicians those kinds of things so you know and i i, I mean trust me i'm I'm playing all the time, but I deal with some of the same sort of stuff that you do for me. Now, my issue is that I am. So I am always barely putting out the fire that needs to be put out at that moment that I never have. I don't have the luxury anymore to, to um, just like, Oh, I think I'll go in the practice room and I don't know today I'll work on my doubles or, you know, whatever like that, that, that has, that has not been the case for a long time. So, you know, I'll either have a gig coming up that I got to shed a lot of music for, or I'm doing a clinic that I have to learn stuff for. Or I have to put a solo together, you know, and these are generally things that are very high pressure. So that certainly lights a fire under my butt. Um, but I guess the the way that I typically talk to students about this when they, or a, like a new student who comes, who's not very motivated and, you know, they're worried about, you know, the stuff I give them, are they going to be able to practice it? Are they going to lose interest? You know, um, I I think like the, the, the way I'll answer or start this conversation is I did a, at at one of my, uh, intensives, there, there was a a girl who came uh, a young woman and she was like, there's this band that I love. And my dream is to play with band X. It was a band that was pretty famous, not, Pink Floyd or something, but like, you know, pretty big band touring band. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I love this band. I want to play with this band. This is what I want to do. But I live in Hodunk town, you know, not in a big city. She came, she commuted a few hours to come. This was in LA when I was living in LA. She lived like in central California or something. Mm -hmm. So my answer to her was you pretend that you are going to be in this band like just start preparing now as if you're going to be in this band and there's a way to prepare on many different levels so there's the playing aspect of it which is you know do you know everything that band has recorded you know like what like start to obsess if you love that band then let's really get deep and let's really obsess on what you love let's find that thing that you love let's find your passion and let's go let's triple it you know so find every tune they ever did read up on them you know find out where they came from what town they started in what were their influences go out and find the music of their influences um you know then find every transcription you can of the drum parts Uh, You know, so all those kinds of things and just begin to like do a massive deep dive. And then when you're practicing, you know, really get serious about learning those songs and not just being able to get from the beginning of the song to the end of the song, but, Mm -hmm. you know, record yourself playing certain sections of the song or whatever, slow the song down. You know, that's like, for me, learning technique is the way I always get to learning new technique is by I have to learn this song. It presents a challenge. Crap, I record myself playing that song. I'm not playing that thing well. For example, mm-hmm. I did a Buddy Rich tribute concert a couple of years ago in Budapest, Hungary, okay, with a big band. So not only am I going to a foreign land, not only am I playing with a big band, I got to play Buddy Rich music. There were like two <laughs> halves of the concert and one half was like six Buddy Rich tunes. The other half was six really hard jazz big band tunes. So there was no... Easy way out. I had to play West Side Story. Right. I had to play. So I'm playing Nutville, you know, which is this fast kind of Latin mm-hmm. tune. And I, I thought I was doing all right. And I recorded myself, not with the track. I just recorded myself. It sounded horrible. Everything was a mess. <laughs> so I had to go back and like start from scratch with Nutville and relearn Nutville. And then I had to listen to like, well, how did Jojo Mayer play Nutville? How did Steve Smith play Nutville? You know, on their various Buddy Wrist tributes. And then I decided, I, you know, how did Buddy play Nutville? How did Billy Cobham, mm-hmm. the original drummer who played with Horace Silver, who wrote Nutville, by the way, Billy Cobham was his original what? drummer. How did he? Yeah. How did he play Nutville? So I listened to all those versions. I put them all in my hold thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. Stop. You're, you <laughs> didn't,
0: you're not saying Billy Cobham wrote Nutville. He didn't write it. He was the drummer in Horace gotcha. Silver's band. That's Horace obviously like, I Nutville. thought, yeah because I, yeah. I knew that it, I knew that Horace Silver was the original, but I was like, wait a minute, Billy Cobham wrote that. Okay, yeah, you, and I've there's video I almost exploded there for a second. There, yeah, there's video of Cobham as a young man before all the fusion
1: stuff, before you know, uh, uh, you know Mahavish knew all that. Uh, there's video of him playing with Horace Silver, Nutville, sick, really. Anyway, so I do these deep dives into what I'm learning, and you know, I've got, you know, me, I'm the historian guy, but like, I just find everything out, everything I can. And then I made some decisions about how I wanted to approach it and what, you know, how much time was I going to have with the big band anyway? So not to go too far off, but deep dive. And the more you get into it, the more excited you get about it. Right. So I told Mm -hmm. her that's step one. Now here's step two. Yes. You live in a town that's nowhere near where these people are, but you know, how can you begin to put yourself into that band's orbit, right? What can you do? So do you have friends that play in a band that sounds similar or do covers of that band? Hang out with them. Start talking to them about all this stuff. You know, maybe you go to a concert of that band. Maybe write to them in advance or maybe find out who the road manager is or, you know, those kinds of things. Like, find out who's working with them send them an audition tape or, you know, I mean, just, there's kind of a million things you could do mm-hmm. most particularly if you hang out with people who play that music in that scene, then they are going to be one degree, you know, of, uh, one degree closer, right? Six right. degrees of separation, one degree closer cause they're already into it, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, you know, if I, I remember there was a, a great example where, um, you know, the jam band scene and I met, I knew a guy who's been a kind of in a big jam band, uh, here in the New York area. And I went on this kind of cruise one time that his band was playing on just to hang out. But I'm, I met a lot of other musicians and they're talking about like how they're in this jam band scene. And then they were playing with some guy who was in, you know, um, you know, leftover salmon, which is a, jam band mm-hmm. the tours and then through that like he got a chance to jam with bill kreutzman the drummer for the grateful dead you know but it was through like seeing, nice. hanging and just being right. and getting known and then somebody throws your name and this seems obvious but for a lot of people not may, maybe not so mm-hmm. you know the fact that this woman lived in a small town that shouldn't stop anybody the fact that she you know was she came to this this drum event i was doing she was obviously motivated enough to pay money to come to that. So right. maybe that's just sort of the next, the next step. It's sort of like, you know, and, and that's not everybody's path is to play with band X or play in the ultimate band, tribute band or cover band or get to know people. But, you know, we, we tend to limit ourselves. We tend to like immediately cross everything off the list and just say, there's no way this or I sound like this or, or this or right. that. Right.
0: The Saturn Series drums have been a Cornerstone Mapex Series for more than 25 years. Now, the Saturn Evolution Series combines the best of all things Saturn in one series, including the halo mounting system, which unlocks the freedom of full resonance, the sustain adjustment knob that gives you full control of resonance, decay, and tone, birch-walnut hybrid shells that perfectly combine the sonic characteristics of walnut with the articulate punch of birch, delivering a dark, punchy, dry sound, and the iconic maple-walnut hybrid shells, which has been at the core of the series for many years, providing a fuller, rounder tone with bright, versatile, open sound. For more information about the Saturn Evolution Series, visit mapexdrums.com. Get ready for the new Promark. Promark is reintroducing itself with two new performance pillars, Promark, the home of their rear-weighted, performance-driven rebound and finesse lines, and Promark Classic, a celebration of the timeless feel, look, and straight-ahead performance of Promark's golden era. It doesn't matter which pillar you choose because every pair of Promark sticks is perfected with Promatch. Only Promatch ensures unrivaled consistency of weight and pitch from stick to stick and pair to pair. Also, Promark shows its commitment to the environment with play, plant, preserve, Promark is planting trees with every pair of sticks sold. They've already planted approximately 600,000 trees back to the Tennessee soil, and they're not stopping there. When you play Promark, you're playing the only drumstick out there made from sustainably sourced and replanted wood in keeping with their vision for a net neutral future. For more information, visit Promark.com. To me, it's like okay, put some sort of put some sort of goalpost or mile marker on what you're going into the studio to practice, or what you're, you're what you're sitting at the pad for, or whatever. Whether it be learning a learning a list of songs, learning a record, um, you know, spent specific like because I I think that I know the the way I am. Uh, and I, and I've tried to limit this a lot uh, um, from a creativity standpoint is when there's so many different options, you're, you're like, where do I start? Right? So if you don't have anything to practice and you don't have a gig that's coming up and you're not, you don't have a tour that's coming up, you're not record, you're not practicing for anything in particular, you go into the studio and you're like, I could literally fucking play anything. I can play blast beats. I can work on jazz. Right. I can work on my feet. I can work on my hands. I can work on in, independence. I can work on speed. I can work. On, and, it's that, like, and
1: that can be defeating because it's just like, it what do I do? Right. Yeah. So no. I think your passion needs to be your guide. I mean, that's, you know, mm-hmm. I know you love funk. You know, that's mm-hmm. your, that's your pedigree. So, you know, I mean, we kind of talked about this before. It's sort of like Find. What is, you know, is there a tune you've always wanted to play? One tune. You see what I'm saying? Like, right, right. there is so much, so let's limit it. um, Or, you know, like, give yourself kind of a deadline and just, I'm going to learn this tune and I'm going to make a video of it. And I'm going to put the damn video up on my YouTube channel. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to make that a goal. Even if you're not playing with anybody. Um, what I like to do with my students, if if they're in that sort of thing, it's like, well, make a video for me of a tune that you love, and then let's analyze that. Let's use the parameters of that one song as a way to work on the technique. So, okay, what's right. happening You know, with the hi-hat here? What's happening with your kick pattern? And then analyze things that way. Zorro, our good friend Zorro... You know, he taught a class, I think it was Belmont University in Nashville when he lived in Nashville. He was in Nashville for about 10 years and Mm -hmm. he taught there. And the class was like, we're going to take one tune this semester and we're going to spend the entire semester working on one tune. And each week was another part. This week, the intro. You know, this week, the main groove. This week, fills. This week, you know, what do you do during the solo section? I mean, that's a deep dive. And I'm sure that those, we're just jumping off points to to then developing a lot of awesome technique that you can then apply to that one song. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. take one song. You know, what's the yeah. song that that you've always loved that's really hard for you to do? Another example, Jared from uh, Drumeo, right? He does a lot of challenge videos for himself and for other people. So he took some super sick metal tune really fast double bass. I don't know. I don't know what band or whatever. And he'd set himself a challenge. And then he filmed the whole thing. He filmed himself in the practice room, the parts that nobody sees when he's sweating, when he's like miserable, when he's, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I hate this. I suck, you know, whatever, but you know, warts and all. And then he filmed this final performance. And of course he has a really nice vehicle to share that with the rest of us, but it was cool. I thought it was a really cool project. He does those kind of projects, sets these, He's really good at setting tasks for himself, following through, finishing, and presenting that, you know? Right, right, Um, So, you know, start specific and let the let the other things come from that and let that specific thing be the thing that turns you on, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you love, that you're going to be excited about doing. And then when you're doing it, and, you know, this for me is like, I was like, you know, of uh, late 90s, you know, I've, I'm like, I'm going to write a bunch of books about the history of drumming. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, all excited about it because this is my passion. This is what I'm into with my band. And the world either told me, nobody gives a shit mm-hmm. or the world told me, you know, no one's or, or just nothing. The world told me nothing. I got no right. response at all. And yet for like, literally like the first decade of you know between like 1999 and 2009 all i did was work on this stuff by myself pretty much alone i mean i had some friends and some allies right, right, right but it was like there was there was no you know i i just kept having to go back and say look i love this it's important to me i really want this information to be out in the world and i want i wanted to be able to kind of play in historical styles of music and if you know if if modern drummer festival wasn't hiring me to do that yet then I needed to fricking hack a pathway through the jungle to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did my man. eye on the ball of yeah. modern drummer festival. And I did, you know, yeah. so it's like in 2005, you know, I was working with Zorro on, on one of this, one of the book that came out in 09 and in 05, he did the modern drummer festival and he gave me the DVD and, and I was like, I want to do that, you know? And for five yep. years, basically I, busted ass on it. In 2009, our book came out. We did PASIC, you know, this book, nine years in the making or eight years in the making. And at PASIC, Adam Bedofsky from Modern Drummer came up to me and said, do you want to be on the 2010 festival? So that was great, but it took me 10 10 years. And before that, it took me 15 years of just following my passion. So sometimes it may not happen overnight, but now people are like, "Okay, Daniel, he's the history guy. Cool." Right. You know, and it's one right. element of what I do, but it it you know, people come lessons, come get lessons mm-hmm. or buy my courses or you know, do whatever, come to a clinic
0: because of that. Right. Do you think that do you think that it's hard to to stay motivated if you don't have some sort of goal or or project that you're working on? I
1: I do. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of other things that are vying for our attention. Certainly mm-hmm. my attention, social media feeds, you know? I mean, how often do we just like I need to uh, check my messages on Instagram and 30 minutes later you're just been scrolling, you know? What's yep. even worse yep. now are those short little videos. What are the little ones called? Oh, Stories or
0: the uh, no, the uh, But the reels. ones on
1: Reels. Reels. Yeah. Oh my god, that's like crack cocaine. You know, you could just watch them all day long. It's, yeah. it, I'm a, I I'm i like like didn't know about in, that. In the suggestion field? In like this. Because like, you yes, don't know them. Exactly. Right? And you're just, yeah. It is, it is like. And there's game. always some some girl in a negligee playing blues licks. You know what I mean? It's like, you're yeah. like, oh, wow, okay. Let me check that out. Or, you know, whatever. And then yep. you're just completely hooked. and And, uh, then, and so, you know, it's. And then an hour goes by and you feel horrible about yourself after that, you know, because everybody has done something genius in a little 30 second video and they're all, you know, young and attractive and super talented. And you're just like, how am I ever going to make my way in the world? And I'll tell you what, that happens to me too. And I'm, you know, fairly successful person. So, but the point is there's a lot of distractions and it's Mm -hmm. really easy, especially if we feel bad about ourselves or we feel unmotivated to go down those rabbit holes because it's just... It's just super easy to do that. It's super easy to do that. So, you know, I think step one is telling yourself that if you have a passion, it's okay for you to chase the passion. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people say, well, I have this passion, but how am I ever going to get there? And it doesn't, it's the getting there part. I know this starts to sound zen or whatever. It's not the, it's not the end result. It's the journey, but it really is, man. Because when I was doing that drum history stuff, it was like every day I just said, I don't care what's going on in the world. I'm going to like read this book or watch this, this video or write this article or write this next section. When you're writing a book, man, I wrote a 152 page book over eight years with nobody, you know, Zorro didn't even give me deadlines. He was my editor, basically right. my partner on the project, but it was up to me. And you know, there'd be periods get went by where I didn't do, I didn't do anything. I was so depressed. I was like, first of all, I'm doing this project on faith. I'm not right. getting paid for it yet. I don't know if anybody, even when it comes out, is anybody g- even going to be interested in this stuff? Right. Cause I'm hearing those voices that people told me, no one's interested in history. You can't sell history. You know, this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then I would go, I would fight back and be like, no, you know, I, people are going to love this and it's going to be important. And it's important for me to finish this. And I mm-hmm. just hammered through, just hammered, hammered through. And it's, my online course that I just reached, you know, released rather, um, you would think it's like I've I've taught privately, I've done clinics, I've done intensives, of course, people are interested in what I have to teach. You know, how long, it took me five years to get that course done. You and I yeah. talked about this yeah. five years ago, probably. Yeah. You know, I had a yep. lot of it mapped out, you know, between that and being busy. But just like that fear of like, no one's going to buy this how can I compete with Drumeo or Mike Johnston or, you know, whoever, I mean, you know, all those things come up. So yeah. they still come up for me. I remember Zorro was my mentor, who was, I look up to, you know, very successful drummer on every level. And I remember he gave a clinic at PASIC and somebody asked him, you know, I have such a hard time getting inspired or I have such a hard time like believing in myself you know, that, that I could succeed in what I'm doing. Do you as a successful drummer ever have those feelings? And his answer was every single day, yep. you know? So when you do, you know, you, I remember we were talking when you were starting Drummer's Resource and you were kind of in mm-hmm. the same boat. Like you were like, I don't, know, I don't know, podcasting. I think it's coming. I think it's a thing. I don't, you know, am I qualified to do this? Right. I mean, we all have right. our doubts.
0: Nostra syndrome and all that. It's
1: like totally every day man every day i walk around new york city I'm, a, I'm gonna play a gig with one of my favorite piano players on friday night he just called me two days from now there's no i can't prepare for this it's two days right and he's like i said oh who's playing bass he's like just young japanese guy he's such a badass so i go and i look this guy up and I'm like he's like seems so cool he's got like long hair and he's just like super hip and you know mr hipster brooklyn like totally in what's happening there's pictures of him with like these these are the now cats you know right and now i'm like crap am i gonna even be good <laughs> enough with this guy yeah like i'm 55 years old i play at birdland every monday i you know like right I've, i'm just and releasing like- an album that's like the best thing i've ever done and i'm still like this guy's probably 28 and i'm like oh i <laughs> suck you know am i <laughs> Is my dragging my little ass in there going to be good enough to hang with him? Right. I, I don't know. I'm going to go right. in and I'm going to just throw it down as hard as I can. But I'm sure, it, you know, it's like, it's just, so I guess what I'm just trying to say to people is like, you're going to have doubts. You're going to have, you know, the voice of those around you. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot. Everyone around you, when you start with something, tells you you can't do it. Oh, and of that's course. because most people have spent spent their lives being so afraid To do anything, and they hate their life because they do something they don't like. Because they're more worried about security than anything else, they would throw their own grandmother under a bus if they knew that they, you know, if their mortgage was going to be paid or whatever. It's like people base all their decisions on fear. So, you know, you you somebody told me once like when one scorpion tries to crawl out of the bowl, all the other scorpions are going to drag him back down. Yeah. So. And that and that happens at every level for every project. When I start a new project, when I was talking about this online course and this entity of stuff that I want to put out, which is like kind of very different than the typical thing. Everybody's like, yeah, you sure. You know, like, <laughs> do you think yeah. you could really teach that in an online format? You know, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's just like, so all I'm saying is whatever you're passionate about, you got to throw out the crap and... Just say, I love this, and I'm just going to double down on it. And that's, mm-hmm. if you look at, think about like Lady Gaga. I mean, she's running around the Lower East Side 15 years ago, and she's like, I am naming myself Lady Gaga. How many think? How many people think instantly went, you're going to be the biggest pop phenomenon in the world? Right. Nobody. Right. You Nobody. know, I mean, yeah. how many people said, you're really great, but you should probably change the name. Your name is mm-hmm. Stephanie, right? Isn't that her name? You should just go by That's Stephanie. Yeah. She's like, F you. I am Lady I am. She inhabited. She became Lady Gaga. She created what Lady Gaga is. Think about that. You know, mm-hmm. Sting. I mean, there's a scene in Bring on the Night, that the, the Sting's documentary that he did when he left the police. So how ballsy is this? Sting leaves the biggest band in the world. They break up. And he's like, I think I'll surround myself with a bunch of jazz musicians. And I think, and I'm going to make an album. I have no idea if this album is going to succeed or if I'm going to just be another lead singer that left a famous band and went on to nothing, right? And I'm going to document the whole thing and make a documentary. Yep. You know, and spend all that money. And that's, that's ballsy. That's a guy who has a lot of confidence in himself because in retrospect, yeah. we look back and go, man, Dream of the Blue Turtles was amazing. That's a that's killer great. documentary. And what I love about it is like he believed in himself so much so that there, there's a scene in the movie, there's a press conference and he's, you know, talking about the new project, the new band and all that. And somebody raises his hand and he's like, uh, Golden, um, so about this. And he just stops. The guy's like, my name is Sting, you know, because his <laughs> given name is Gordon Sumner. And the guy and he's just like, my name is Sting. And then just goes on to the next question. Like he just <laughs> sh- shuts the guy down. Because it's like, what, you think because he left the police he's going to go back to his old name? Hell no, he's Sting. And that's really an audacious name, right? The Edge. That's like, you know, it's like calling yourself Zorro. I mean, think about that, (laughs) you know, like come on. (laughs) Yeah. So we take these things for granted, but this is balls of steel. These are people who believe in themselves, and that's what I think about. I think about that Zorro believed so much in himself that he put on a freaking Zorro Hat Grew the mustache The pencil mustache Called himself Zorro And freaking pulled it off
0: Yep Like
1: (laughs) How awesome is that But nobody thinks about Everybody's like Yeah Zorro Of course Zorro
0: You know Yeah Maybe I need a one name Monica
1: Madonna Yeah Yeah. Graffini Graffini (laughs) Yeah Just call yourself Graffini yeah. Anyway. Um, so sorry to go off, but like now no, I'm no, getting I, all pumped up and I'm getting motivated. I'm getting excited because I want my motivation and my belief in myself, my belief in yourself. I mean, this is what I do with my students. Like screw everybody, screw your parents, screw your spouse, I, you
0: know? Hey, you, you know, know me, man. Like <laughs> I am, I am, uh, Yeah. I'm on board with that hundred percent. And like The interesting thing is like, I always had that, I had that conviction with music and then started doing the stuff with, with Drummer's Resource, started doing, uh, you know, the other company that I have and, and I could do that in business too, right? So I can like put these, put these mile markers on the map and and achieve those things and go out and get them. And, uh, but, and so then like when I was in the practice room, I was sort of like you were saying too, like, is this a waste of time? Like, what am I in here? Why, what, what am I doing in here? You know, it was like, why am I? Like I could, I think about this a lot. I'm like, I could be like spending this time building another business, you know? Um, and, and when I think- But also when I th-
1: you created freaking Drummer's Resource, the biggest podca- drumming podcasting entity. Everybody knows what it is. You did that. Yeah. So certainly you could do some shit in the practice room, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, that's how you could yeah. flip that. Yeah. You know, I like I, yeah. I've, you've carved out a niche. You've, you've done it. You have mm-hmm. done it. So that means you could do it again. That's what I tell yep. myself each time I do a new project where I just feel hopeless and defeated. I did it before. I could do it again. I know how to do it, it's not easy,
0: but I'm going to do it again. <music> So if you're looking to get a new kit, you have two options. One, you can check out some pictures online. You can go to the store. You can see what they have there. You can drive to another store. You can find a couple more models and you can drive yourself insane driving all over the place trying to see what the kit that you want looks like. Or you can design yourself the perfect sonar kit using their SQ2 drum configurator. And this configurator allows you to build a kit from scratch, or you can use some of their predetermined configurations and then just modify them. But you can modify everything, the sizes, the configuration, the hardware, the color, all of that stuff, and you can make it to your exact specifications. Not only that, you can get an overhead view, you can get a 3D image of it. All of that is all built into the drum configurator. To build your dream sonar kit, go to sq 2 d drumsystem.com or just google sonar sq2 you'll find it check it out the sonar drum configurator for me it's less it's less about confidence for sure um i think you know me well enough that i've I, you know I've, <laughs> I've i've maybe too much confidence um but you don't um, have a shortage of confidence i don't have a shortage of i have a shortage of height but not a shortage of confidence Um so right. but uh I think it's more of like of of fi- going back to finding the enjoyment in the suffering if that makes sense. Like well, not the I, suffering but like finding the enjoyment uh, back in the journey again, right where it's like I like I've been playing in since the I trenches. Was, in the trenches, like getting back in the trenches and and enjoying it and versus being like fuck uh, like All right. Now it's like back. It's almost like it almost feels like it's back to square one, but obviously it's not, you know, but, but you feel like, you're like, all right. It's like, it's like gaining 20 pounds and then day one back at the gym. And you're like, why am I doing like, this is not, this is not going to work, you know, like, or, oh my God, this is going to take so long. That's, I think that's what I'm sort of feeling. Yeah,
1: it's hard. It's you know, and part of that, I hate to say it, but it's ego, right? So, I was in a band in the 90s, Royal Green Review. We got signed to 1, Warner Brothers.
0: 1000%. You nailed that on the head. It's definitely ego. Sorry, just sorry, but go yeah. ahead. But you're right. And and that yeah, no, but that was a that was an
1: amazing experience. You know, we got signed to Warner Brothers, Ted Templeman, the famous producer, worked with us. We, you know, had the full major label ticket and you know, the band did great. And then you know, here comes the year 2000. Suddenly we lost a couple of members. Uh, then a year later, 9-11. I had, you know, I had, I got divorced during that time. Like nobody ever tells you about the, <laughs> you know, you climb, climb, climb that hill. You make it, you're signed. You know, you have success. Nobody ever says like, and another couple of years, this is kind of completely change and go away. And you're going to have to go back to square one again, most likely. For right. 99% of bands. Or find something, you know, take your talents and move them in a new direction, right? Right. So, you know, it was brutal for me. In the early, in the, yeah, like, like around 2002. You know, I was trying to, I had gotten divorced. I was trying to hang on to the house that I had bought with my ex-wife. I, my band wasn't working very much. I was just like starting this whole drum history thing. Nobody was believing in anything I was doing. You know, I was alone. I mean, it was a, it was the most horrible time because I had been for most of the 90s, like on an upward trajectory. And this mm-hmm. was, this was not that. And it took a lot for me to hum- humble myself. I had to work some, you know, I wouldn't say full on day jobs, but I had to do some extra work here and there, really crappy stuff to earn money. I had to, uh, you know, I had to get a roommate in my, my apartment, whereas, you know, or my house so I could keep my house. I mean, it was just a—it was just a really rough, rude awakening. But I discovered new passions, you know. Like in my—in my depths, it opened up time for me to find these new things. Mm-hmm. In the pandemic, you know, I—I I was like, I was—I was. Royal Crown was going to have a reunion. We were going to headline this huge festival in Vegas. My European jazz intensive was ready to go. It was packed and full. I had like. Uh, You know, probably 100. I had 75 gigs already on the books for the rest of 2020 in March. I had already 75 more gigs. But I was booking gigs. Boom. All came to a screeching halt. And I know that that hit all of us. Mm -hmm. But what I eventually did was I ended up, by the time we got into the pandemic another couple months in, I was already so busy again that I couldn't breathe because I was like, all right, I got to kiss all that stuff goodbye. And that's going to come back hopefully down the road. But right now I got to pay my mortgage. And so let me dust off the online course I've been working on for five years. Let me take the project that was a DVD. I have three DVDs. Let me take the one that I designed for classroom teachers. And let me turn that into an online downloadable project that the classroom teachers can now use when they're stuck at home trying to do online learning, which, Mm -hmm. you know, band directors, what are you going to do? You've been, you, how do you, how do you teach band? You can't. So there was this, there was an opening, you know, and I just fully pivoted. I was depressed for a while. Trust me. I was freaked out. I was worried about surviving. I didn't know what was happening with the world. We were all there, but it was like, okay, pivot, go. Like, forget about that and dive in as hard as you can with this new thing and go for it and push, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it took, it took, I recorded the album in last August. I just... I'm finally gonna start release. I just before you and I got on, I send right. it finally the final mixes to the manufacturer. The online course, it took until September for that thing to drop. You know, yeah. it it's but so if you can if you've if you've done it before, you could do it again, you know? Yeah and yeah. if you drop that totally, 20 pounds, you could drop that 20 pounds again. It's totally you have ego. to just like yeah, till they say You know, but I did this. The world owes me something, you know? Not really. No. You're only as good as your last ex. And then you kind of gotta start over again. So I hope this is helpful to people. I mean, it I'm I'm just sharing and we're talking about for both of us, you know, things that have that have worked. What works? Mm -hmm. Right? What works? What's gonna be that thing that's gonna get you off your ass, get you off the couch, get you off the phone. And not worrying about the end result. Like when you're in it, when you're in those trenches, like you're talking about, when you're doing the the crap work, you can't worry about the end result. You just have to be inside it and obsess on it. And yeah. if it's something that you love, then don't worry about what the end result will be. Right. There will be an end result. And often it isn't what we expect. So mm-hmm. when you try to like force it to be what you expect, that may not that may not be the best thing to do either. You sometimes have to like, let the process happen just be in it and be in the moment and get go to that stinky ass practice room that smells like a locker room and make it stink even more like get into the sweatiness the smelliness get into the fact that nobody's there you're living in your own secret little world you know yeah i love that i my practice room is like nick knows the whole time i've been in new york i can only really afford a practice room from like six till nine in the morning So I get up when I have to go shed for something. And part of why I keep it is because it's cheap because I don't use it as much as I should. But when it's there, when I need it, it's there, right? So I go at 6 a.m. I know I'm going to, nobody's going to bother me for three hours. And I'm going to just disappear in my own little bubble of obsession on that thing for that moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nowadays that's kind of almost a welcome relief because there's so much other stuff that I have to do that when I could just go in the practice room and like dive in and it's, it's like, Oh, I like being back here.
0: This is fun now, you know? But the interesting thing is of what you brought up. If you did it once you can do it again. And, and you and I, like, I, I mean, I like to think that we, we've we been pretty successful in the fields that we've, we've tried to go down like early on. And I had a decent drumming career, moved into podcasting, all that stuff. You are you're like running wild with all the stuff that you're doing as well. But like you said, like we still have these things. Like I can be on the phone with somebody about their business and be like, Oh dude, you, you do this and do this. And like, you could do this. And like, don't worry about everyone else and ever. And then going into the practice room, like, I still suffer from, you know, the imposter syndrome or the or the negative uh feedback loop in my brain or or being like, you know, oh, this isn't going to work for me or something like that. So like, we all suffer from it. So it's just a matter of like pushing through that, uh, uh understanding that everyone goes through that and realizing that that you can't go around that. You have to just go through it. Right, you have to go through the work. You have to go through the trenches. You have to go through the self doubt. You have to go through the imposter syndrome. Syndrome, and and I'm saying this for the listeners, but also telling myself this at the same time while I'm saying this. Um, you know, it, it's just it's important to remember that we're all human and we all go through this. And you just like everyone that you see on Instagram that you look up to, who is a drummer or has a career that you want, like you don't think that they went through that shit too? Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They did,
1: without a doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know. So, and it's like, but I, I look back, and it's like I am having fun along the way. This is why I want to play drums for a living, or why I want to run my own business, or put out my courses. It, it's tough in the moment, but would I want to be doing anything else? Hell no. I mean, I part of right. like when I was struggling at the very beginning of my career in 1992. Say I got out of music school. I took on the most horrible day jobs I could imagine because I hated them <laughs> so much that it forced me to like work harder on my music. Cause I just, I w the, the last full on day job I had was working in this finance guy's office and he was a sleaze bag and I had to call up his clients who are all old people. And I had to like prime them to put them on a call with him so he could sell them some financial product that they didn't need. I had to put on a tie and go to century city in LA it was the most horrible experience I ever had in my life. Like it was just, did you purposely get a shitty job so it would push you into music? (laughs) Well, I mean, I also took a lot of kind of part-time jobs doing really shitty menial kind of crappy things, you know, like, I don't know. I did this one job in Hollywood with like movie surveys where I would call people and get them to take a survey about an upcoming movie. And it was like, you know, rabbit warren with 50 other wannabe musicians and actors. Like, you know, they're listening to you so you couldn't cheat, you know, it was just like, I've done a lot of, you know, this is a long time ago, but like, and then, and I worked at TGI Fridays for a year and all of that was, I did not want to repeat any of that. So every time, you know, I look back, I go, Oh, I could be working on my new DVD and being, having a hard time, but continuing, or I could go work at fricking TGI Fridays again. No, thank you. You know, or for the mm-hmm. finance guy. I mean I've just yep. I just wasn't willing to allow myself, you know, to 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 put up with that, I guess. Yeah. And so I think that I mean sense. you do have to have confidence to to that degree. You're like, "Screw it, I'm not doing that." But sometimes it is a leap of faith. And that we all yep. have to take that leap of faith if we're going to do what we love in the world because there's no guarantees and most people are not going to support you. So you have to believe in yourself and you have to just Go for it and dive in and just not listen to all the voices in your head or the
0: external voices, you know? And that's a wrap. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, you know, I honestly don't know what else to say because I think that that's, that's what it really comes down to. It's like getting out of your own way, getting out of your own head, uh, don't letting, everyone's neck because most of the time the people who are telling you that you can't do it are the people who like you said are, don't, aren't doing anything. You're, no one above you is ever, is ever talking shit on you. You know it's always the people below you who, who have nothing right. going on or you know the people who people who criticize you on Instagram and then you go look at their profile and they've never posted the video of themselves playing but they'll tell everyone else how bad their playing is or whatever. So,
1: And for you um, Nick if I may make one suggestion I think what mm-hmm. you should do uh, in the immediate is find some guys that want to jam or find a funk band that's looking for a drummer and you yeah. should,
0: you should just go play, just go play with people. I, I am, I'm trying, I want to, I want to put an organ, I want to put an organ yeah. band together like an organ trio or, or a court and do like some, you know, some soul funk or just stuff. do it. Like, just do so, it because yeah.
1: when you have those, I got I to find people to play with. Even so. better, find a gig that's happening on this and such yeah. date, that'll be a great motivator, you know, and then you're excited for it. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you got to do it. So that's yeah. often what I, and you know, me like, like
1: book a coffee house. I'll game. probably
0: not. Yeah. I'll, you know me, I'll play anything, but I'll like, but I'll start, I'll, I'll just start a band and you you know, cause it. I'm not going to, I'm like, I'm not going to go join a band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, me
1: exactly. Well, and you should, that's actually the best <laughs> position to be in. Start your own band and then yeah. you know, move that sucker down the road. But, just do
0: it. I'm gonna start an organ trio called Funk Muscle. <laughs> Perfect. That's what's gonna be. That's what it's gonna be called. I love. Uh, I love the name. Actually, that's great. <laughs> it's really, <good. laughs> it's really good. Um. So, well, I appreciate you. You know, coming on and and uh, and being my therapist, but also, uh, you know, sharing your your stories of, uh, you know, of times when of times that weren't great. You know, and and it's not. It's not everything that you see on social media, and and it's not just everything in life is not just a highlight reel, no matter how much people want you to think that. So
1: yeah, and
0: um, I have no problem discussing that because
1: that's that's the reality, you know. Yeah, ongoing. <laughs> yeah, awesome, dude. Well, thank, well, thank you. you, yeah, man. man. It's been it's really been fun to to talk to you again, and I I really want to resurrect the Daniel Glass
0: show on a regular basis. Well, if you've done it before, you can do it again. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: just push through it, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just fight but no, we 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 got. Uh, I, I have some stuff that that we're going to talk about that 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 I got cooking. So uh, I'm sure that you know the listeners will be checking it out soon. Awesome. So, and um, thanks to you. We'll Safe travels to you for it. creating this amazing vehicle for all of us to uh,
1: jump sure. in on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man.
0: There you have it. I hope that that episode shed some light on tips, tricks, uh, ways to think about things differently. Maybe it can get you out of your own way, get you uh, out of your own head. And again... This was something that that I was personally struggling with, so I wanted to talk to Daniel about it and figured it would be great to record this episode for everyone to listen to because, I mean, how lucky am I that I can call or text Daniel anytime I want? And I was like, man, this is great for for the listeners as well. They should be able to to listen to this conversation. So I hope you dug it. You can find the the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 635. And other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out RevoiceMedia.com.